Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Anthony DeGazon and Mark Mulder. These are two wonderful, longtime Rockstar Inner Circle members that met a while back at a VIP event. Uh, on the episode, I think we talk about it, where they met at the VIP event that we held right before the pandemic. So it was like the last live event that we held, I guess, back in March 2020 or so. And that kind of sparked some conversations between each other. And now they have launched this thing together that is they're not their primary career or business itself. This is something brand new and it's financial literacy for kids, specifically the ages of 10 to 18 or 19, you know, kind of like those teenage years, that era of life where they're breaking down some financial literacy concepts that a lot of parents have not had the time or maybe the knowledge to share with their children. And they're now taking that on in this new program that they're running. So I'm thrilled just to kind of get behind the scenes with them to understand why they're doing this, how they think about money themselves, why they're diving into real estate themselves, their thoughts obviously on Bitcoin. And that's, I think, a lot of the common ground they originally had between each other. They were both talking about Bitcoin and started chatting. So through real estate and Bitcoin, there's a lot of new relationships being made all around the Ontario area here. So that's what we do on this chat. We talk about how they're launching this together. Are they going to continue it and expand it? And the good news is they are going to continue and they are thinking of some expansion plans. You can find Find out more about them. I'm going to give you the URL now. It's go so go.finliteracy.ca. That's go.finliteracy.ca. And if you have any ideas how to support this movement, how to support what they're doing, please visit that website and reach out to them. If you can't find a way to contact them, reach out to us at members at rockstarbrokerage.com and we'll put you in touch with them. This is definitely a movement we want to support. I think we can really change the world in a great way if we get more financial literacy taught to kids in their teenage years. So I'm a big supporter of these guys and really had an enjoyable chat. And that's what Rockstar Inner Circle is about. Listen, we have this membership here that we've been running for over a decade now. And there's a group of wonderful people that are Rockstar Inner Circle members who are making relationships together. And they're really doing awesome things together. Sometimes it's in real estate, but sometimes it's things like this. So if you want to join a network of people right here in your own backyard who are doing these kinds of things, you want to to check out the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. Three times a year, we have big live events. We have like over 20 classes on all different subject matters that you might find interesting. And that's all laid out for you at rockstarinnercircle.com. But three times a year, we have these big events. The next big one will be in October of this year. So October, 2023, we have huge plans for that event. So stay tuned. And these guys are going to be there. So these are the kinds of people that you're going to meet. You can talk to them, share ideas with them. And this is kind of what we're trying to create this kind of community of us that are right here, all trying to support each other and push each other towards our goals. So you can learn all about the Rockstar Inner Circle membership and find out more about people like Anthony and Mark by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Actually, it is. So we are live with Mark Mulder and Anthony DeGazon, and we'll get you guys to give a brief intro in a second. But I said I don't have a time limit on this podcast, but it is our mom's birthday oh, wow. today. 
So awesome. I do have, I just realized I actually have somewhere I need to be. Wait a second. Right. You said, guys, come on down. No time limit. Yeah, and no then t- we walk in and boom. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's totally. awesome. So uh, both of you bring the mic nice and close. Anthony, even Closer. you, nice and nice, sure. yeah, nice and close. But usually for these podcasts, Mark, we were, we were just talking about this. I don't do too much prep. And when I mean too much, I don't do any prep except for Lynn Alden I did prep for. Um, Robert Breedlove I prepped for. Jeff Booth I prepped for. So there are some guests. In my mind, I'm mentally preparing for you, Mark, just so you know. Yeah. But you guys are like family now. So you, we were just saying, you get like lower than low treatment. You're, yeah, we'll you're, just roll with it. See what yeah, goes. you didn't even get greeted at the front. Usually I go to the front and greet. You we were, got our own water. There was a nice lady there. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then about interest rates, since we we're talking about it, I don't know when this will go live. This might go live right when the announcement's being made. So this, we can, we can talk about it. Someone might be listening to this and already know the answer. But as far as rates go, I think it's July 12th or so. Um, I just have no idea. Like the inflation number came in low. Did that catch you off guard? What were you no, I, from all the data we've been, you know, over the last few months, we've been sharing some of that ISM data and some of that PMI data. Like a lot of economists make fun of some of that data, but it does seem to have some correlation with what is happening. It does seem to be a bit of a leading indicator. So um, I've been ready for months for inflation to come straight down. But uh, the, when, quite, well, the big question now is what do they do with that? That next yeah, rate, yeah, and they yeah, kind yeah. Of set the expectation. Yeah, they set the expectation there. Yeah, Another they've told us basis. it was two. I think they said even two two rate increases, yeah. right? I think they said July and September. So uh, I don't know. Everything's out of the window. The thing is, they have to talk tough. Remember, they only have one tool: this interest rate thing. Right. They have to get inflation. The bottom line with all of this, to me, is inflation must come down. Because if it doesn't, and there's another financial crisis of any sort, and they have to then lower rates on an emergency basis while inflation is it's still high. high. I mean, how close are we yeah. to then just super inflation? I don't want to call it hyperinflation yet, but yep. how close are we to like super inflation? Mm. So they are panicked to get inflation down. They thought it was transitory. First, they told us right. rates were not going up for a very long time and just load up on debt. Then when the inflation showed up, they said it was transitory. And then they said, okay, you know, we'll do some rate increases. And then they're like, oh, wow, okay, we're going to do a whole bunch and we're going to be higher for longer. Right. And so I think the only thing they have left is to talk tough and say, hey, Mark, you and your family, you better be get ready for longer, higher rates for longer. But you're telling me in September, if there's a financial crisis of some sort that requires liquidity, which might then need lower interest rates, that they're not going to lower yeah. rates. So it's almost like they're trying to push it the rates high as possible and then have room. Just some room. To backtrack. Yeah. Because that's one of the few tools they have left. But if I was in that chair, which I would never want to be, but if I was in that chair, that's what I would do. Hey, man, let's crank this as high as we yeah. can for as long as possible because we need every little move on the downside right. that we can get. So... What do you do? UK and globally things are a mess. UK inflation is still ripping. They raised their rates like another quarter point. And when they raised their rates, the pound didn't even strengthen off that news. It kind of was flat. I I believe, don't quote me on that, but I believe to the US dollar was flat. So it didn't that's to me an indicator that the market's saying, like, oh, like there's more inflation here. You know, this currency isn't strengthening. It's actually Right. That's that's it. You don't want the, you don't want to buy it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the world's just in this wacky spot. It's tricky, right? Because you're also now you're trying to you, you thought you could listen to the Fed or the, uh, the the Bank of Canada, right? What they're predicting. And then they throw this incredible curve at you. And now we're still trying to predict and predict both sides of what they possibly can do. It makes it hard for us to 
plan? Like what, how do we, what steps do we take? Which way do we go? Right. And I, and I really think that the reason I like enjoy talking about financial literacy as much as you guys do. And I, the reason I I've kind of been attracted to Bitcoin is that when there's a part of my personal family's net worth out into something like Bitcoin that cannot be the supply of it cannot be altered. It can't be manipulated the way that dollars can be manipulated. I get a certain comfort in that. I got to tell you, Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to explain to some of my friends the comfort that I get from that because they just look at the dollar price. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I started buying in Bitcoin, you know, back in 2020 and the dollar figure in the US dollars at that time was, you know, still it was under 10K. Okay. So now it's at whatever. I've been buying since then. And I also bought at the peak, just sure. for in yeah. full disclosure. Okay. I bought right at the peak too, but been all that's when I was starting to, to buy. So yeah. right now at the dollar value that Bitcoin is today, I feel like in really good shape on my decisions, you know, but when you speak to someone who's not familiar with why you're buying Bitcoin, the response that I'll, I will get is, Oh, well, Bitcoin's down. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, it's down from its all time high. And I'm like, well, it's, 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 it's almost up. triple. It's what is it? Yeah. No, it's well, more it's, than triple. It's, it's almost oh, yeah. quadruple yeah. Yeah. From, since, from when you jumped since in. Since I started right. buying it. It's sure. actually up 55,000% since its inception, 70% year to date and 400% in the past five years. So oh, yes, I didn't you know go. the 400. The it's 400%, 400% yeah. since 2018. Yeah. Um, so like the returns are incredible. Absolutely. Like if you're going to buy Bitcoin and you're trading it, you're going to get burned at some point. You got to know what you're doing. But if you're just holding it long-term as a store of value to protect yourself from the debasement and also from confiscation of property, then it makes a lot more sense. But it is definitely long-term. There's absolutely, there's volatility in Bitcoin. But I, th- I think if you hold on for the long-term, use it as a store of value and protect it and, and build your family's, uh, sort of build your family's future around that or as one of those assets that you hold, you're protecting yourself from that debasement. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had this weird, freaky, almost out-of-body experience when we were doing the Your Life, Your Terms events over Zoom during the pandemic. We couldn't host them in person. We were doing them over the pandemic and we had Jeff Booth speak at one of them. It came on through Zoom and uh, he was talking about this exactly, Mark, what you're talking about, like as a store of value and how it's a different sort of information. Bitcoin's giving you a different form of information. And if you have a, a, a sound currency around you, things will be devaluing, but your purchasing power will be increasing. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time is when I I had accumulated for me a decent position size in Bitcoin and the price was really ramping up. And it was the first time I like felt like I could experience what he was saying. Like I was looking around, the world's crazy, but in dollar terms, I was better off because I held this store of value that was going up in dollar terms. And now today I look at dollar the dollar price of Bitcoin more as a sign of the fiat system, sure. not Bitcoin. It's to me, it's sure. like, hey, I have a certain percentage of Bitcoin. I have a certain percentage ownership of the Bitcoin network, the Bitcoins that are available on this network. I have a certain percentage of all of them yeah. that are mine forever. 
the dollar price of them is just an indicator to you operating in the fiat world what you think they're worth today. And if you crack it, crank up interest rates, your fiat dollars get a little more valuable in your world. So, you know, the price in dollar terms of Bitcoin comes down. If you loosen interest rates, then the price of the Bitcoin in your world, you know, goes goes up. But in my world, my Bitcoin is my Bitcoin. If, you know, I have an X amount of Bitcoin, I have an right. X amount and it never changes. So it's like this whole the number of Bitcoin, the, the right, the number the, of stats you have. The number of stats never changes. Yeah. And it's just this weird like feeling. And uh, I think it's a good feeling, right? I, re I remember back, probably, we've probably known each other now almost, well, it's over 10 years now. And I remember the feeling that I had before we, when the only feeling I really sensed was that, man, I have a problem for the future. And I'm not sure what I'm, what we're going to do about that. How do we do retirement? What are we doing to fight inflation? And as we started to look at different types of things to put in place, you know, like a portfolio, I'm not talking about bonds and mutual funds and text. I'm not talking about that, but just different types of assets that we could put together. As we added different types of pieces, different types of assets for different types of purposes, um, to your earlier point, I just started to feel less and less stressed because they had, they address so many things that you, you can't deal with. And, you know, the other thing I'm concerned about too, for, for people who are missing the point, when you're looking at the dollar value of it, which currency are you comparing it? Like, you know, the they might feel the Argentinian peso, right? Tur yeah. The tur Turkish lira. Like what, what, where do you feel comfortable? And will you feel comfortable tomorrow in your current currency? Maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but look at other currencies and say, Imagine if they had something to protect them against the change in their currency, which they have no control over. It's important. It's wild. It's, I, um, I caught something from Booth as well, and Jeff Booth, and he, <laughs> it was so clear because in a podcast, he said, look, the system is broken. We're four, we have 400 trillion in global debt. We're insolvent. It, why would you play in that system? You have an alternative. You have this option, which is Bitcoin. And then, as you mentioned, like the Argentine peso, since 2001, 2001 to 2023, it's lost over 99%, devalued. And that's after they defaulted four times. And in 2001, they had what's called the Corlito, which is where they shut down the banks and you had no access as an Argentine to your money in the bank. They completely locked you out. And then they defaulted. And since they've defaulted, now they've devalued that peso by 99%. And then Booth says, look, we have this alternative. Growing up as, as a younger person, not having access necessarily to real estate anymore because of the way prices are taking off. And Booth also mentioned, he said this, and we talk about, you talk about this all the time. It's not that the houses are becoming more expensive. It's that A, your dollars being debased, it's becoming less value, valuable. And also they're injecting all of this money into the system. So there's more dollars chasing those houses and there's fewer houses around. So now if you can't get into an asset like real estate, which is appreciating and it shouldn't be appreciating at those rates, you now have this alternative, which is Bitcoin. And again, that's a leap. It is. And, it, and that's where he talks about that, that life raft. It's this transition and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a very long how time. Did you, so how did you, so this is interesting. And, and, and I want to get to, uh, we still haven't even introduced you guys. This is great. We'll introduce yeah, you. you we'll get there at some point. But uh, how did you, Mark, make the, the leap there? Because like, I, I agree with Anthony. I think my life started to change a little bit. Um, cause in my twenties, I sensed that financially, so this feels like forever ago, but I was like, this job thing isn't going to create the freedom and comfort that I want. And when I added on some real estate, I got that feeling that you were talking about. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay. Like I'm going to be okay. Right. 
And then Bitcoin brought brings this to yet another level as far as property rights go right. and global mobility and the whole thing. But I, I, I'm interested, Mark, how, like, how did you make that leap? Because I'm sure when you first heard of Bitcoin or sound money, it must have been pretty foreign. So like, what what is that journey? Like, was it your own education? Like, how did you get there? Because I think that's where most people struggle. Yeah. Great question. Um, it, it is definitely, you need to educate yourself. You have to put the effort in and and read. You have to listen to podcasts. You have to put the effort in want one to learn about this. For myself, that journey as well started in 2020 during the first lockdown. Uh, started, you know, started hearing about a little bit more about Bitcoin. 2016, 17, I had heard about it, ignored it. It was classified or put into the same category as crypto. And of course, it dropped multiple times between that period. Then 2020, it took off again. And that's when I started educating myself and going down that rabbit hole, learning about the money system, learning about how the banking system is set up, a fractional reserve system, and just learning about the characteristics of money. I was always intrigued, like how is money created? I remember going back when I was a kid, uh, my dad bought me a book. It was called Whatever Happened to Penny Candy? And it was all about inflation. Fascinating book. You can look it up. It's on Amazon. It really does a nice job teaching what inflation is. <laughs> and it's a great question. Like, what did happen to Penny Candy? Just like our Canadian dollars devalued by over 95% since the Canadian... Uh, the. Uh, the Canadian bank was founded in 1935 over the past 100 years. Our dollar's been devalued by 95%. So now $100 is worth about $4.95. So how does this happen? That's the question I started asking. And then I heard you on podcasts. I started following Foss and Saifedean, and I read the Bitcoin standard. And then I started talking, I read the bullish case for Bitcoin, and then just have, started having these conversations. But I was really intrigued with what is money and the characteristics of money. It's portable, it's divisible, and 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 uh, it's immutable, and all the other characteristics. So that's really what brought me down that rabbit hole. But I, like I understood, like doing the nine to five was not working, and I was frustrated, and that's what led me as well to real estate. Like you do everything that's deemed appropriate that society's asking you to do. You go to school, you go to university, you do the RSP thing, you get the pension. It's like this isn't working out. Like our dollars are being devalued. Do you think sometimes, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, why does someone in their late 20s not get this? Because I, you know, through mm. Aiden and some of his friends, they have some older brothers and they're in their work world and I'll kind of drop hints about this thing and say, hey, you got to check this out. And they're kind of not interested. And then one of them told me their birthday and their birthday was the year like 1998 or something. And I'm like, oh my God, they haven't even been an adult for like 10 years yet. You know, they're, 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 they're in their twenties or they're not even been an adult for 10 years. So their sure. frame of reference to look back on what you said about the devaluation of the currency, they don't have it. You know, you and I can remember going with a dollar, even before it was a loony to buy like sour keys at the convenience store. And for like one buck, you'd sure. get like a chocolate bar and maybe three sour keys oh, yeah. all for $1. That kind of stuff. So then, yeah. So then you can kind of extrapolate that to today and go, oh my gosh, what has happened now for a loony? Like I can't get anything. They don't have that frame of reference. Right. So they're brought up in a school system that in and of itself, I don't think is malicious. It's just for a different era um, that doesn't really teach them some of these concepts, which we got to get to eventually what you guys are yeah. doing here. But um, so they don't get those concepts, concepts explained to them in school. They don't have the frame of reference to really see the devaluation of a currency in their own life. So they just are in that path where you go to school and you get a good job. And that story that the three of us know is kind of broken and been broken yep. for a while. Yep it's still playing on and it kind of works because they don't have their own history or their own experience or framework or context to judge anything against what they're currently doing. 
Does that, does that make sense? And I never really thought about it like that. I thought, oh my gosh, these people, whereas I can remember the eighties, like my teenage years are the eighties. Sure. So I remember the price of things and, and they just don't have that frame of reference. They are still, I think they are like it, when we grew up as well, though, we didn't talk about inflation today. These kids are aware of inflation. Oh, I are feel they that they are, that? but because the parents are talking about it mm. because so like my daytime job, I'm a grade eight uh, school teacher. And they're aware of it because all I the thought time, you were a grade five school. No, I, I transitioned to. Oh, well, you're grade eight. Grade eight. Moving up. Grade eight's serious. Yeah, they're grade tough. Eight, they're they're making me work for my money. Grade eights. If they're yeah, if you're <laughs> they're, they're making throw, me work. <laughs> I always felt like whoever got thrown at the grade eights are like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. check this out. Thirty-two grade eights. In oh one wow. Class, huge oh. class. So you know, got to keep them keep them under control. But one of the ways I do engage them <laughs> is uh, is through actually financial literacy and, and exactly what you're asking. I do this little uh, in in math this uh, this assignment and it's create your own budget. But I actually assigned jobs to them and they're actually I, I did the research and these are jobs like um, incomes that are appropriate for the job description like an architect or a mechanic or a dental hygienist and um, then they have the, all these expenses and it's a it's a wake-up moment for them is it you can see it that is, in their faces because one of the things that really caught my attention is I said okay you're gonna be renting in Oakville or Burlington or Hamilton yeah. go ahead and all the kids none of them can buy based on their budget because they're paying over 30% at source for their income tax. I didn't even factor in their um, student debt. And then all of them had to rent, not just with a roommate, but in their 20s, multiple roommates, because these are established careers at this point. And that's what's four or five roommates, which is happening. And then I start talking to them about Bitcoin. I start talking to them about stocks. I start talking to them about what the stock market is. So I'll pull up on during math class. Uh, you know, I have no problem pulling up a chart of the spy index. Hey, let's see what the spy is. Okay, this is what the spy is, and what are this red and uh, red candle or red are red line loving, and green? They and they're loving, loving it. Indifferent. They, no, they are loving it because um, I do get feedback from them. I get feedback from the parents. Oh, what about the Bitcoin or stocks? Or I really appreciate that you talked to my daughter about Tesla or Amazon or about Bitcoin. Sometimes I get a little bit of, you know, like, hey, Bitcoin's down right now from, from the parents. How's it going? You know, yeah, give me the gears. Comment. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. It's still yeah. up. But hey, um, I'm taking names. <laughs> Next all time high. I'm personally calling. I'm going to email I'm that dad. I'm personally calling. The, hey, it's Tom. Remember <laughs> that comment you made back to me on March 16th yeah, yeah. of 2021 or That's something? Right. <laughs> but uh, they are engaged with this. And I, I think they need to be introduced at a younger age. And it doesn't mean I'm not giving them investment advice. All I'm offering them is a different frame of reference or just to understand like this is what inflation is you're going to go through the school system you're then going to go to university or post-grad or to college to get your trade or degree then you're going to work you're going to be taxed at source you're then going to, when you consume they're going to be paying another 13 percent so you're basically taxed about 50 percent and get this then they're going to start taking money away from you through what's called inflation so you need to have tools in your back pocket so that you can fight this so that you have some control over yourself and then we bring up real estate Bitcoin. And it really as well, and in the course we talk about this as well, we want to, we differentiate between crypto and Bitcoin because a lot of the kids are watching Instagram or TikTok or whatever they're on and they see these influencers that are peddling some crypto and they think that's the way to go, but then they get hosed and then they have a bad experience and they want to stay away from it. So we really need to differentiate between Bitcoin and crypto as well and just emphasize that, hey, it's finite. These are the characteristics of Bitcoin. So then, how, yeah, walk us into this journey. So Anthony, so Mark, you, now we have a bit of your background. Anthony, can you explain a bit of yours and then how you guys came together? Explain yeah. this this thing that you've been working on that yeah. got me excited. So yeah, well, totally. It's it's so it's so interesting. So um, we, we touched on a little bit, you know, uh, 
being an entrepreneur, needing to solve for the problems of the future, got involved in some real estate. And then I heard someone talking about precious metal, metals, you know, over and over and over. So, <laughs> Who so could I, that be? I don't know. So I, <laughs> so I got myself a few books. So I started reading, reading some books, like really, because a lot of what I, what I found is that a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity comes with understanding what people do that are successful. What do they do? What do they think? How did they do it? And so it does require you to kind of, to your point, Mark, it does require you to kind of look into things, right? So got, got a couple of books, Case for Gold, uh, Case for Gold mm-hmm. and um, uh, Rickards. Yeah. Um, so when, when, I first, uh, when I first started going through that and I started to get my first exposure to what is money in the context of originally, you know, God's money, when, what, what it is, the characteristics, why it's good, it's supply, um, uh, how it, how it, in the face of everything else, you know, the different fiat or the different currencies that kind of come and gone over times and the values of that currency, what it could buy, how it went up and down, but gold continued to move along. And the people who had that seemed to be protected for when currencies failed mm-hmm. over hundreds and thousands of years. So said, well, there's something to that. However, even though I knew that my older son, Isaiah, when you were the first time, the big run in Bitcoin, I think it got to like 18, 20,000. Yeah. So there is one famous Christmas and he's saying, dad, you got to look at his Bitcoin stuff. I'm going, nah, it's a scam, man. I did. You remember the dot com? Remember the dot com? Yeah. So you maybe you're maybe you're a little bit young for it. I lost so much money in the dot com bubble. Right. Well, so many important things. Yeah. Same experience. In fairness, just interrupt yeah, yeah, no. uh, it, my wife as well. And she reminds me all the time. 2015, one of her coworkers said, hey, you should get into Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, come on. We all have scam. those stories. Yeah. This is so, garbage. Right, uh, right. At one point I told no. Nick, why don't we start the rock star coin? How about that? Why not? We'll yeah. start the rock yeah. star coin, yeah. you know? <laughs> but so this is so this is the thing, right? The, like the same things that I'm telling you that is important that I believed that was it. You, you know, hear about something and don't just dismiss, but look at it and find out. I didn't do that for Bitcoin the first time around that I was exposed to it. But then later on, same time about you, we were looking at in the financial crisis and man, this is insane. Something's going to go bad financially. They're going to print so much money. Some, let me see what else is going on. And then I said, okay, well, let me start to look at it. I'll just look at it. I'll start to read by the Bitcoin standard, you know, safety demon moose and listening to you brought lots of people on. It's great. So as a result of going through that, it helped me see that there was an opportunity there in that Bitcoin was so much like gold, which I had completely convinced, I was convinced about. And it's like, man, it's everything that gold was and other things that are better or better versions of those characteristics said, well, that was it. It just was now logic because I'd actually had done a little bit of work, Mm -hmm. right? Read the right thing. So that was my journey in that. And then for us, you know, we've talked about it a while. I'm in music school. We have music schools and it's like a child enrichment type of thing. Um, and we're just trying to figure out how to serve our families better. <laughs> Ran into Mark, I think, at one time at a, a VIP event, right? You yeah, remember one we, night? We, 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 we sat at, at the same table. We connected at, the, at a dinner first once. VIP uh-huh. event. It was a VIP dinner. Yeah, we and sat at the right, same table. Yeah, we sat right? at the same table. Yeah. It was right uh, right before the pandemic when it was announced that they're shutting the schools down for two weeks. Oh, my God. But not last, yeah, that, that we had an event. event. You made the announcement not live. We put a sign at the front, I think, as everybody was coming in, don't shake each other's hands or no hugs. or I forget. We were like, I don't know. What's going on? What? Of course, I chatted. Such a ridiculous sign that we had at the front. No. 
no no shaking of hands or something. Yeah, I remember I, I chatted with you right before, and you said I'm, we weren't even sure until four o'clock we were going to run this. Yeah, and then you announced live on stage the that, NBA that, shut down. Well, the school yeah. shut down. School for shut down two yeah. weeks to flatten the curve, and you made the announcement yeah. right up there. We but literally yeah. slipped that uh, yeah. in a live in, event in a th- it was <laughs> like last minute, last, last hour, yeah. and then we didn't reconnect. I think for another eighteen months or so, and that was on the wow. parking lot. But uh, w- oh, with the VIP it. event, got it. but with Anthony, we're at the same table, and Anthony runs the music school, and I had mentioned to Anthony that I'm also as a side hustle, I, I run a tutoring business and I work with students. Yeah. And then Anthony, the finish, yeah, right. we just connected that way and, and uh, you gave me some really good feedback. And uh, then we kept the conversation going. We had multiple touch points. I'm into Bitcoin, he's into Bitcoin. We're both in the educational space. And we said, you know what? Like we're fascinated with this Bitcoin. We gotta get the message out to the kids. And then we came up with the idea of starting this financial literacy course because we know there's a huge demand from the parents, just anecdotally, hearing yeah. back, you have to do this. How do I get my kids engaged? Yeah. So your point. Really? Well, okay. There is a, there is. It, I'm, I, I'm, I, I feel great hearing that. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And it's on the breadth of things too, right? So financial literacy is, you know, everybody knows. I think this isn't, this is, there's no sales job in this one to tell, ask a parent or tell a parent that, you know, do, are they teaching this in schools? Like everybody knows already that there's there's no treatment on that. It doesn't matter how far you go. I mean, I don't have a PhD in economics or finance. I got an MBA. They didn't teach me. Any, yeah. Didn't teach. They just never teach That's these easy. things, right? And so we know that there's that gap there too. And parents are telling us the same thing. And the feedback's been good. Yeah, the feedback's right? been good. So what did you guys do? You you actually sat down and created a course. Well, Anthony's the the marketing guru here, so he walked you, you me through. You both just pointed at yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we we sat down a couple. Of, you know, spent quite a bit of time. Uh, we met in person, and then we met online, multiple yeah. meetings. And Anthony really goes through the methodology of it. We built out the avatar. It was very thorough. Okay, who's cool. our, our like who's our target audience? What are their pain points? How can we solve these pain? And points? so, who is the target audience for what you're doing? Yeah, well, it's 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 parents. Okay, that have children, but the what makes it common sense so we can edit that right out if you want but it's parents who really have, oh no we're keeping that yeah, of that's course, 100% like, like that thing one. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll use that in a, a little clip okay YouTube just do that that'll be awesome so essentially it's parents that have teens that um, have a, an awareness already that there's a problem and they have a heart's desire to help their kids know some of the things that they've learned already how does the how does the system work how does how does credit work mm-hmm. how does how does interest work? How does inflation hurt? And what are the ways to protect yourself from that? And how do you, how do you in, implement some kinds of disciplines and choices that can protect yourself from the way the system is working against you? And every, every dad, and we're dads, we've, I've got three kids, you've got two kids. Every dad that we interact with for sure in Rockstar, but even in the neighborhood, I'm walking for dads, it's like they all have this this burden and concern for their kids. Let's like, of course we love our kids, right? And we want our kids to get the best advantage possible to make the fewest mistakes. They got to make some mistakes because that helps with the learning. I, you know, it helps me learn, but it just, we, we want, we want to pass on what we've learned as parents to our kids. And in this particular instance, because there's no training in school, and there is a bit of a hurdle in terms of how much time you're going to spend doing research and reading and to kind of figure out the inner workings and what works behind the scenes. Sometimes parents go, yeah, I'm doing it, but I wouldn't mind having a hand from somebody else, like a trained teacher, you know, master's, distance education, like, and people who are doing the work too as investors. 
man, it's a great opportunity. And, and I think parents, in, in talking to them, a lot of parents are concerned. Just they're aware that they need to have these conversations with the kids. But how do you bring it up without them tuning you out or going back into your phone or just the interruptions of daily life and running the household? And I have a lot of parents that when they enroll, sheepishly, they'll ask us, do you have one for adults too? So No way. Yeah. They're, and, and Bitcoin. I've like, had a parent a knocking on my door in my neighborhood saying, you know what? You're like, you're doing this. I need this. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's demand um, for the kids. And I think, again, getting back to the credit, like understanding, well, what's a mortgage? How does a rental property work? So you then sat down and put a bunch of this content together? That's correct. And then you've tried to, now you've rolled this out a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did a soft launch uh, just to kind of test the market and see what the feedback was. What was that, like, like a Saturday morning or something? Yep. So like three hours. Three yeah, hours, Saturday morning, 9.30 to 12.30. Okay. We had it in person. It was in South Mississauga. How did you spread the word? You just mentioned this to people? We mentioned to people we really worked the our warm like our warm okay. center yeah, like our own networks okay. or, network, okay. or yeah. email list. Awesome. We had some awesome. rocks. Quite Social a few media. rock stars come out. We had a few of the coaches bring. Yeah, one of one of the rock star members mentioned that yeah. uh, he brought his son. I think it was his son. He he basically said you need to go to this. Yeah, <laughs> kind of told him to go, if, but they wanted to go, so that was great. Yeah, and uh, actually in that case, we it was a small room. We had eighteen seats. We we sold out. We actually had to turn a few people back, and then the feedback was really good. We got some testimonials. We got some pictures we said let's run it again so we ran it early april and again good turnout good feedback um and what we do as well is we don't want the kids just sitting there listening to another guy talk. it's boring so we make it really engaging try to get them involved try to really so they give them examples that relate to them we you know we bring up stocks what product you guys use then we kind of talk about stocks that way like amazon or facebook or or not facebook uh, starbucks um, but the other thing we do is like we, we pull them in and we, we have these little games, we have trivia. And then what we're going to do when we do the next course is we're actually going to have the kids at the end teach their parents as they come in, kind of like a culmination of learning. No way. So, so like, cool. This is what Bitcoin is. Yeah. And if they teach it, that's how you learn the best. It's another level of learning and internalizing it. Right? Sure. To present it back to the parents, a little crash course on what's sound money? What are the characteristics of sound money? What's inflation? This is debasement. Oh my I God. Need to get Can you imagine? So, so the, yeah. the age group in the class is what? From what youngest to oldest, roughly? It's a big range. Yeah. We've had kids as young as 10 through to 18, 19. Like okay. just being a classroom teacher, I can kind of adapt it to the different age groups um we've had you know older kids in there like going yeah. off to first and it works university. with a 10 year old and a 19 year old it, in it depends on the it depends on the 10 year old right so that's why if we we're going to more of the sweet spot it would be like 12 13 yeah. to 18 to or something. 18 19 yeah i right? yeah, got it just just because one um they're interacting with each other too. So you're not in desks and in rows where you're not. Yeah. No, no, you're actually pairing up and partnering. Mark has it really nice and dynamic and interactive where, you know, they're actually solving some problems together. So God, I love that kind of learning. And talk about compound interest. I have them do a little bit of math, calculation, compound interest, and and just ROI. So just teach the math as well. And it's like, it's applicable. It makes more sense to them. And we're building a foundation, right? So in, in a sense, I think, we're actually taking them through some of the stages that we had to go mm-hmm. through so that you can, um, if you understand what money is, if you understand the characteristics of money, then you have an opportunity first, then you have an opportunity to dis- make a decision, to discern, to decide what is better money, what's worse money, and then how to choose where you place your money and save so that you can protect it against some the risks that we uncover, right? And then, then you can build on that in this course. And really, we... 
every every time we, every time we get through the material, like we're not. It's clear that we're not done mm-hmm. because we're talking with parents and they're saying yes and yes and that we want credit card understanding how to use a credit card and how do you do a budget and we want you know how do we deal with assets that come through and there's there's just so much to be done and we're planting seeds as well because we're not giving financial advice we're not qualified to do that but what we're doing is educating so that when they cross that's funny when i hear you say you're not qualified (laughs) to do that well the amount of hours that i can assume you've put into research on uh, things now but yeah sure i guess in the yeah, the, the the financial, I guess, disclaimer right, sure. that comes up. But I mean, the reality is we're sharing our experiences. Yeah. And after, you know, investing in real estate and investing in Bitcoin and hard assets and gold and understanding what money is. So we're planting those seeds so that when they're an adult, they can make decisions. They can go back to that experience that they had when they're 15, 16. Right. Now I understand why it might want to invest in it. RSP or what's mm-hmm. the difference between RSP and controlling my own money this way through stocks or through Bitcoin or hard assets. So it, that's what we're really trying it, to do. It's so well. important. Do you it, think you'll keep yeah. this to three hours or will you change it to multiple things? What, what, after doing it I, a little I, bit, what are you learning? This is, this is great. What we're learning, like, and I was just finishing off with it, the idea is that um, we've gone through certain amount of the information, but it's like probably about 20% of what the breadth of the, the, the information would be. Um, so going through the what is money and then starting to touch on Bitcoin as a type of money and what is it? Can you get the there next, in one morning? That's as far as you can possibly yeah. get to. Okay. That's why there there needs to be uh, there more. needs to be more we like could, a deeper yeah. dive in Bitcoin, for example. We we touch on like the, the self custody, but we can't get into it. We just very quickly yeah. say if you're interested, talk to your parents. Here's an exchange, and by the way, this is what some Bitcoiners are doing as well, or mm-hmm. Bitcoiners are doing. Yeah. Um, there's all we also did some marketing recently. We tested the market in the U.S. Yeah. We want to talk about the high ticket item as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, to the point, so we're, we're, again, we're trying to figure out how do we meet the need that we, the, I love that this. kids I'm have. sitting across from two entrepreneurs who are yeah. doing market tests in yeah, real yeah, time yeah. on a yeah, subject yeah. that I love. This is yeah. amazing. And, and we're hearing Keep feedback going. from families yeah. and parents, right? So, but it, it's the, um, uh, so we did, we did do some testing in Florida, did some testing in Texas as well, as well as across Canada. And we're getting some feedback from parents as, you know, they're filling out forms okay. or asking questions. So you ran some ads down there? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And seeing what resonates because, again... You're not influencing the elections down there running ads, are you, from Canada? That would be foreign interference. I always, I joke about that because I thought with Nick at one point, I'm like, should we for just for shits and giggles just run some run ads in the U.S. just to say we interfered with the U.S. election? Just to say. <laughs> just, hey, that, just throwing it out there. Would, There's some Canadians cool. interfering with the U.S. Even if it was like 50 bucks worth of ads just to do something. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, no. that's brilliant that you tested like that. So that's we, the way we, to do it. We do need to do that, right? Because what we, again, we're not trying to, we're not just trying to share something. We're trying to share what, in in response to what parents are feeling the need to share with their kids. And we have that starting point of what we are sharing with our kids. And like I said, we, we are, just to introduce Bitcoin, just to say that, you know, a rental property, like to name it, that, that obviously doesn't take you far enough. Um, so we're already starting to design the course nice. that would come after that and to, to introduce that into the fall. So you think you might sell it in the U.S. at some point? Down the road. Market we're testing. Just, we're Ever, just trying to Evergreen content. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, can might. you imagine in every local market you got a celebrity of some sort to endorse and, and donate their time to it? So like in the Canadian market, it could be like a Raptor or a Leaf player. Mm. Can you imagine the drive that if they were to show up for an hour and say, hey, this is something sure. and all the markets do that kind of stuff? Sorry, yeah. I'm just kind of no, no, brainstorming no. ideas. Yeah. But that would be like such a drive for this. Yeah. It would attract so many kids to it, this. It would be great if they're kids. And I think, and so this is the part of the challenge too, right? We were 
we're, we're definitely trying to engage the kids in the meeting like or in the in the training sessions but we're we're looking to help solve the pain and the angst that parents are having knowing that they've got to get this information to their yeah. kids and anthony you had a really interesting conversation through this marketing yep. we, we, uh, someone came through one of our, our leads our lead funnel and yep. you had the conversation with regards to in the u.s uh, wealthy individuals or families are really concerned about the transition to the next generation. They don't have the skills. They have all this mm-hmm. this capital. How do you transition it over? So you have that conversation right. as and well. This, and you, well, you said it too, because the parents are saying that they've, some pe- parents have, have amassed something, right? Something that will be left over after they go. And they're going, I need my kids to be able to take over for it. But it's not just it's not just a matter of having all the legal documents signed properly so that, you know, the government just gets as little as possible and all of the rest of it goes to the child. You want the child to be equipped to be able to handle it well so that they can flourish with responsibility mm-hmm. and not learn at the, sec- the right at the beginning and then kind of fritter it away. Right. So there is that pain for people that would be older than all of us because it's near closer to the end of the life. But there's also the concern of parents like all of us. We, we all, we have kids the same age. We are a little bit further behind it. It's like, but like as they're going through the teen years and we have some time in influence because they're all at home, once they get past the teen years, because that's where my kids are, you've got one, Aiden's, once they get past the teen years, they're moving out, they've got girlfriends, they've got jobs, they're off to school. They, and Expenses, they, they don't have time anymore. Right, and they're adults Dad, I'm too. just trying to make it through ah, this. You, you have know? no idea, yeah. right? And so there is a sweet spot in time in terms of why we're, we're kind of targeting this age group, because they're aware they're reading things, they're hearing things that parents are saying, they're concerned about their future, saying, how am I gonna buy this, dad? Mm-hmm. How will I ever buy this? And so the beauty of something like Bitcoin is it is in fact property. It, I mean, it's property like a home is property. It's the best That's, form of property we've ever seen, maybe oh. in history. It, and But, you know, we, I don't know if we're going to get into that now, but that's something that people need to explore the concept. Mm-hmm. Because if you have one kind of property like real estate, we all know that that's not very passive, right? There's work to that. And there's cost to holding it, too. Bitcoin, you can have a share of it. You can accumulate it in little bits. Mm-hmm. $5 at a time, it's $10 at a time. It's yeah. unbelievable. And it's completely scarce. Uh, there's, there's something neat to it. And I'm not saying you, we're not, we're not saying everything into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Just it doesn't, doesn't have to zero. be that way. More than it zero. definitely want to be more than zero because there is, there are problems that exist today in the financial system. There are problems that exist in current assets that we're using as solutions against the problems that Bitcoin solves better. And so having a, having a percentage allocated, whatever is right for you at the time and stage you're at, it, it's worth investigating that. We're, um, we're telling that to our kids. Mm-hmm. I'm telling that to my kids. They need to know that just like I tell them about, you know, study hard, you know, treat your, treat your, your friends, right. Um, think about the future, you know, be wise with your money, be kind to your neighbor, you know, all these things that we're trying to do to grow a kid well in our homes. Part of it is around how do you manage money and what are the best options for you? And where do these pieces fit in the puzzle of your life? That's what we're trying to share. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the best way to get some of these messages around. I think the way you're teaching in that class, once you have people in that classroom environment, the fact that you're doing engagement type activities, I think is a really powerful way to teach people. I just think this topic is so important that if we could spread it wide, like you're starting to do, it helps all of us. Because if I live in a world or a society where I know my neighbor understands money, 
I just feel like everyone's going to be more at peace. You know, Anthony, how you mm. were saying earlier that before you had maybe some real estate or some Bitcoin, some Bitcoin, I think you were referring to that, okay. you know, you, there was a bit of a, there could be a sense of angst or some financial yeah, wherewithal. Yeah, wherewithal, then a real estate kind of solved it yeah. and then just layers and maybe a little bit of pressure, precious mm-hmm. metals. And then when Bitcoin, just adding these pieces, it's not like we're now, we're not independently wealthy and not. No, but uh, you, you but feel there are like there's to the puzzle. Yes. And you feel like there's hope. It's important to, it is important to do that. So what, what do you think now you've market tested it, you've run this a couple times. Are you going to do it again? Yeah. Is there a date for the next yeah, one? We do have one scheduled for uh, July. We're going to do a quick summer session uh, oh, cool. on a Thursday, July 13th yep. okay. uh, in the evening. And then we're thinking in the fall to ramp it up again once kids are back in school and, and parents' minds are back on, on education and, and extracurricular. We're thinking of doing a weekend course or at least a Saturday, a full day course. Do you think um, you could keep people's attention for a whole day? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We'll, okay. We make an interaction. Actual with, breaks. Um, because yeah, break. even, even during the time that we have there's just the nature of the interaction and the changing of pace. I don't, I don't see there's there being a problem with that at all. We bring in videos and, and, and different content as well. Competitions. I mean, competitions, right, is, yeah. is, is, is really yeah, cool to see how they're engaged with things online. It's amazing. Yeah. Just knowing you too. I know this thing is amazing. So, yeah. um, and then it's interesting to see some of your skill set come into play here because Anthony, you've been studying marketing for a lot of years now. Yep. Now you're able to use some of these strategies. This is why I like marketing so much because once you understand the principles of marketing, as you're well aware now, yeah. you can apply them to anything. Sure. <clears throat> you're running tests down in the US to get feedback on things. And like, yeah. this is all stuff that can benefit Mark and Mark. He's got, got me onto Dan Kennedy. And yeah, you got to learn all this. All this it's powerful stuff. Yeah. I think that's ultimately what gave me, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me behind, beyond some financial peace of mind once you start building up some assets in your life. It was the ability to understand some of the marketing principles that I now understand. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could toss me anywhere in the world and these principles are going to apply. So if I had to start a business, I know kind of how to start a business. It could be any business. I kind of know what's going to work. I know how to market test. I know how to right. keep people engaged and that kind of thing. And it's very freeing. It's, it's very liberating. So I'm happy you're seeing this process, Mark, because you're seeing this in action. Like this is actual marketing stuff. And then you are benefiting Anthony. You, you're you a great teacher already, but he's a teacher. Well, he's so a, that, no, he's a great yeah, teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's you guys awesome. kind of have this benefit. Yeah. And so I'm curious, Mark, what is this doing for you? Because I've known you for a few years and observing you over the last few years, I've noticed a bit of a change in you and it's nothing I would say that there was something um, drastic. It's, it's subtle, but what is the, all of this doing for you? Um, I think wishing I had known about this earlier and just having a little bit of resentment for not, for making certain decisions, oh, not geez. getting into the hard assets uh, earlier. But again, I mean, it's water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. But I think w- once you open your eyes and you see it, you can't unsee it. The whole money system, the importance of having assets, the importance of, of absolutely working hard and doing the nine to five job. But also, as you mentioned before, having that freedom so where you can pursue other passions, where you don't have to work harder and harder for less and less because your dollar's being debased, technology's kicking in and making our jobs possible possibly obsolete. So we need to work against that force as well. And I think as well, having kids for the next generation, being, you know, for the kids, really being concerned for your own children and setting them up for success as well. It's funny because watching you, I just feel like you're walking a little lighter. 
in life. I don't know what it is. I just feel like you're walking a little lighter. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a positive thing. Not that there was a negative before Mark. I'm not trying to imply that. I just mean, it's, you're just, I don't know. There's something different Appreciate in the last little bit cool. um, that is noticeable about you. Yeah. And I haven't known you that well for that long, but right. just kind of just, you know, observing you from afar. Um, yeah, there's definitely been a change. Anthony is a very unique individual, the most positive person maybe I've ever met. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're, maybe your family, listen, to your family, who knows what goes yeah, on yeah. behind closed you know doors in the right. family, <laughs> but uh, just an overall positive person. Um, but it's it's been cool to cool. see that in you. I think, and, so I'll comment on it too. So I think what, what I, now maybe this is a projecting, So, but this is what I do see with you. I saw a guy who he clearly loves his kids and his wife. I know he do, I know what you do. Um, you are working towards something and you had an idea and that you wanted to do something to impact people. Right. Right. And you just, you just, we just wanted to work. We just needed a little bit of, a little bit of connection to kind of get that, get there going and start doing it. But when we, when we're in that environment and we are living out, serving people, helping, passing on information that we know can be life changing. Because it's life-changing for us. And you talked about hope earlier on. Um, I'm not saying Bitcoin is a sal my salvation. I'm not going with that, right? However, there is hope in being able to know that when you you work hard for something and you save the, res the, the leftover of that in some type of asset, it provides some hope around the thought that when I go back to it, the value will be there. And maybe it will even be more value. Mm -hmm. There is freedom that comes with that that has been taken away mm -hmm. from the you know the, the purchasing power of the dollar dropping. This is you know the ninety five percent that debasement you're saying. Like in my Anthony terms, debasement is like I can buy less with it, mm -hmm. right? And it's to me, it's you're stealing from me. It's theft. Yeah. I'm hating you right so okay so here. and i think yeah and it's a response to that yeah and that yeah, kind yeah. of lit the fires like you know what like the jig is up this is not right yeah when or, you report three like right now they're congratulating themselves on three point oh yeah percent of like, tweeting we only, out. yeah we Yo. only have three point i'm like yeah. thanks for only stealing for us at the do the government uh you know reported inflation rate of 3.4 and you're congratulating yourself anyway i like what you were going with that anthony so i just wanted to comment on 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 what you're saying Today, I spoke to some 20-year-olds who are a little bit frustrated with the world. And they said that the reason that they didn't really want to get in real estate is because what you guys alluded to earlier, they're a bit priced out of it. Mm. And they thought when they look into it anyway, this was their kind of words, it seems like there's a lot of lying and cheating and like, you know, kind of a weird form of theft that they don't understand. And there's a lot of corruption in it. Mm. So why even bother? They're going to focus on this Bitcoin thing and they feel mm. good about it. And, you know, that's the direction. And I thought there is a bit of a morality play here. And oh, I, I, I the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I, I feel okay. like we haven't had some honest, truthful store of value. And it permeates through society. And some of my own friends who would listen to me speak like this, they'll say, Tom, would you please stop right now? But I don't care. This to me, it, it makes everybody work hard and feel like they're on a treadmill while they're working hard. Whereas if you have a form of money that will protect its purchasing power over time, you just feel better about all of life. And I think it comes out and expresses itself in your life in a very beautiful way. Right. And I think in society, we've been missing that. And the, when you have 
theft and corruption at the base layer of an economy. Listen, money is in the middle of every transaction. Like money is the middle. It is the pricing mechanism, the information base of every transaction. And when that is corrupted, the information then throughout the economy is corrupted. And although you might not be able to see it or articulate it every day, to me, there's this angst, this feeling, this knowing that something's wrong. And Bitcoin solves And you start that. to see the world that way too. Because that's what, I think that's part of what you're saying is that these young kids, just like us, we're older kids and we're part of the reason why we felt that, mm-hmm. that we had to do something. Something's broken. We got to fix it. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure it out until I start to uncover what I think is a way to solve it. It's like you're feeling that something is wrong. And your point around if it's theft, you describe it like that. I do like the idea about an issue of it being moral. I was sitting with I was sitting with my daughter because like like I said I'm we're we're doing what we we're saying we're doing right sitting with my daughter one morning in our living room and we're talking about inflation the impact of it what happens to your your what happens to you and then she goes so dad what is moral money mm-hmm. and I said man I love this girl <laughs> I, you know what I mean because this is the this is the crux of it. We're trying to figure out what is moral money so that we can live in a way that is is more fair. I see the world as being more fair, seeing the world as being more hopeful. And so when we grew, we grew up, I, did, I don't know if you watched like Leave it to Beaver or all these kinds of, you know, these old things. Reruns. Dude, Anthony Hyde. Reruns. How old exactly in the summer. Whoa, think I whoa, am? whoa, whoa, whoa. Reruns. Where I watched Black reruns. I used to run home from at lunch and watch them at lunch. But you see, there, there was something about that. And part of that world was a world where the people who worked in the home, the money that was made in the home, allowed for people to mm-hmm. live without the stress of, I can never buy a house. The stress of, I can't, you know. Well, yeah, that's crazy. I, I, actually, this week I jumped onto. I think I might be messing the, this up. I think it's uh, BitcoinRocks.com, and they have a compound inflation calculator. Oh yeah. There. So okay, speaking about twenty year old okay. kids. Wow. Okay, I jumped on there. So you right. did this in class? Yeah, no, I did this. I just did this for yeah. myself. Okay, let's put in a hundred thousand dollars. So if a kid's making a hundred thousand uh, dollars within five years, you're going to have to be earning a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to keep up with inflation. At the same time, there's also a tweet today that was sent out. I don't know how accurate this is, but they threw out numbers in order to buy a house in Halton, uh, sorry, Oakville, you need to qualify for 1300 square feet, whatever price point that is for 1300 square feet, you need to be bringing home 390,000. No, is that what it is right now? That's what someone just tweeted out. 390,000. That's a qualifying rate. I might, you know, if a mortgage broker looks into that, but that's what the tweet said. But the point is you need a lot of money. So these 20 year olds are looking at us like, they're going to have to rent. Like we, we rent houses out to, we talk, I had this conversation, like we have, I oh rented my, my house out in, in April and yep. uh, two very like, qualified tenants came in or a couple came in, both lawyers. One was junior partner at the firm, both lawyers looking to rent in Hamilton. I've had doctors come in yeah. um, mm-hmm. to rent. Yeah, Accountant, we've got I have accountants. Young, yeah, accountants. I have three young girls, great girls. I mean, young girls, like in, in late 20s or mid to late 20s, in theory would want to be starting their life and, and um, not living with two other roommates. But that's the reality of today. And they all have, you know, nine to five jobs. They're all doing well. They went to university or college. But they need three roommates in order to afford rent. Yeah, this is not. This is not. This is not right. This is not a sitcom, right? It's not some made-up world. This is exactly. So my my son's doing this too. Got a good degree from university. Mm -hmm. Like, there is something that's amiss. Something that's off. And we have to we have to figure out something 
that will help give our kids a chance. And we're, we're trying to take those steps for ourselves, for our families, for our kids. And we have to, whoever's out here, guys, we have to figure out how to do this for your kids. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. How do you think you pause a family who's so busy where the mother and father have two you know, teenagers right now? They're so busy making ends meet themselves to pay for their mortgage or pay for their rent. Yep. They don't even have time to stop to think about this. Have you guys ever thought about that? How do you penetrate that type of family to get them to, to pay attention to some of this? We because talked about their, with the avatar. Yeah, okay. Like, just wait, pro- an avatar. Like, what, what, it's an avatar. It's like the person mm-hmm. that the person that we imagine when we're speaking to, the person who, who we think, in, what are the questions in their head? What, what, what are their concerns? So the person that you're asking about is the person who most likely already knows there's something wrong most likely is already searching for an answer is and have you seen, you seen real time proof of that like oh. they're responding when you present oh, yeah. this class they are responding to it they want their kids in it oh absolutely oh yeah this uh, is not uh, a thing. Yeah, absolutely your feeling is that you can do a july class and you bring it back in the fall there's enough demand for this we have to get it out beyond sure you have to, to have, get the word, but yeah. absolutely yeah we need to get the there's word no out answer. but there's no different no and then where are you hosting that. how are you paying to ho- like are you getting donated time in some classrooms no, we, we, lease, we lease space like you lease like a board space or something like that yeah okay boardrooms yeah okay Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a training room here. If you guys ever need a training room for a class, like, I don't know if that's the right class type situation, yep, yeah. but just keep that yeah. in mind. This could be a location oh, for I you. That. If anyone um, is listening to this at the end, we'll drop the contact information, but has a class space that could be handy. Let's try to get some like donated for free. Yeah, sure. You know, like I know you're building this out of a business, but like everybody's going to want, everyone can help participate in different ways. And it makes people feel good when they can, even if yeah. you don't want that. And you're, I know you didn't come here asking for that. Yeah, no. I'm just throwing appreciate it out that. there. Yeah. I appreciate you know? that. Thank you. Do, do you and, have an ask? Um, no, but just yeah. on that, I do, but yeah. just on that point as well, like how do we target those families? I think parents themselves being so busy, they may feel frustrated that they can't have these conversations with their kids or they're not ready or not qualified Mm -hmm. or don't have the time. It's like, we just had, you know, they're sitting at home where they see an ad. It's like, wow, we just had this conversation with our kids. How do we educate them this? How do we educate our kids about this? And oh my God, here's this course. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yeah, the timing, the timing feels the right. Timing. What are, how are voice. you guys handling uh, you know, everything going on with interest rates and your own lives and real estate portfolios now? Like Amazing. if mm-hmm. Canada, you know, who knows what they've done in July and this is probably coming out right before the announcement or so in July. So th- they could have raised them as someone's listening to this. Yeah. But in September, I think they said they're gonna raise them again. Um, what, how are you guys preparing? Are you preparing in any way? Or are you just crossing your fingers and hoping it's you survive tough. through this? What are, what are you I guys mean, thinking? On our primary residence, we're up, we're on a variable. It, yeah, it's tough. Like we feel it. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference over the past 18 months or so since March, 2000. We've been getting screenshots on variable rate amortization. So pretty much the latest data, cause it's always changing is that basically all the banks now 30% of their mortgage portfolio yeah. is beyond a 30 year amortization. You know, so meaning that some mortgages that started as a tw- normal 25 year amortization right. is now they haven't changed the variable rate. They've extended the amortization to accommodate for that. So we're getting screenshots. I've seen a uh, 63 um, year, uh, year amortization. And apparently for the first time ever, somebody has over 100 years, but it won't show on their online banking. So they had to call in and the person on the phone said, yeah, if you're over 100 years, think about that, 100, yeah. that they it didn't show on the screen. So they verbally told them. 
And uh, probably it's a coding error, like Y two K. They they like put a, the code. Nobody thought that amortization would go right, that high. Exactly. Now, variable, if rates come down, this will correct itself over time. But if you're facing a renewal in the next twelve months, this gets a little sketchy because not only is your rate going to go up, but the bank is going to ask you for some extra money to make up for the missing payments that right. you didn't make. I, I heard that it might even actually get you. They might want you to go back onto your the 25 or the 30 year max am well no one knows yeah like right? that's, off- that's the thing that some people will be very concerned about yeah yeah and one of the governing bodies is like not there's been no real big comments on this yet my thinking is the banks always win so that you know they'll just there'll be some ma- yeah there'll be some magical thing saying okay for this renewal you're allowed a one-time renewal at an amortization beyond what the original was. One time only, guys. One time only. Mark my words. Yeah, mark my words. Just one time. And then they just kind of let the party keep going. Yeah. But who, who knows? Uh, yeah, Anthony Molinero made a good point a couple months ago, and I got to try this. He called the bank, and he asked mm-hmm. to skip a payment. Yeah. They added on. But at least you can kind of bolster some of the extra. Well, as an payment. investor, when the interest is tax deductible, it, if, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, that's going to be controversial to some people, yeah. but to me, I've always believed that on your primary place of residence, you know, it might be, give you some cash flow that you yeah. didn't have that can really make a difference. But yeah, some banks do it quite willingly. You usually have to ask for one level of authority beyond whoever answered the phone. So they'll okay. put you to another department and then you have to plead your case. And some banks are pretty easy about it. Other banks are really a little bit more difficult. And I've noticed that some of the monoline lenders, so these are mortgage companies that don't have bank branches, Mm -hmm. they're a little tough right now. And I think it's because they're not a big financial institution. They don't want all these mortgages with longer amortizations or you skipping payments. They need your payment. So they've been a little tougher. Um, But yeah, some of the big banks, I think it was TD that he was working with that did it pretty willingly. Okay. So... If you can skip That's a few a payments for cash flow, yeah, no, for cash flow for sure on your primary yeah. or investment properties, yeah. you know, if, if if that's important to you. So I like that it. it's cash flow possibly, and it's also um, the opportunity to build up a lot a runway, you know, one to three months of yeah. of rent, yeah, in reserve for the upcoming piece. This is what happened in the '90s when we went through that. Is that some people started selling real estate not because they wanted to sell real estate. Mm. There was two train, two types of people when they were selling. It was one group was convinced things were going to get way worse, so they could actually hold on to some real estate. But then in their minds, they were like, "Hey, it's 1993 now. Real estate's still going down. I'm going to sell because things are going to get worse." So there was those people in the '90s. Then there was the people that had to liquidate because if they didn't, they were going to be bankrupt. Right. So they had to sell that investment condo they bought because condos got hit brutally hard, especially in Mississauga. They got devastated. So some people just had to sell if you could sell. There was a moment where it was really tough to even get a buyer on some of those condos and some of the larger um, real estate in, in Mississauga as well at that time. Mm-hmm. So there was some people who thought it was going to get worse and they're going to sell and other people who thought I need to sell to you know get some liquidity going. Otherwise, I'm going to go bankrupt. And that's what we tell investors in this environment that look, you want assets in your life. Asset owners are going to win. It's tough to be an asset owner right now, especially if you have debt, because the debt has become way more expensive if you're on a variable rate. But if you don't have the liquidity to survive a possible another year of this, Mm. you need to consider selling something. It's unfortunate, but that's the priority. Yeah. So, but for you guys right now, you're both just watching what's out there. I've been a, I've been a fixed guy all my life. Oh, so it's worked out well for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, until you renew, mm-hmm. right? Until you renew yeah, the next one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so a couple of strategies, and this is about something that 
although it is a little bit stressful seeing what's happening, a couple of strategies are, do you have some kind of savings and buffer? And is that precious metals at the very least, or is it some Bitcoin or is it some cash? What do you, what do you have? So if you have some of that, that helps a bit. Um, and so that's helpful. The other thing that I had an old, we talked about Yoda in a previous episode, and uh, I had a Yoda in our business world. He told me about a bond ladder where, um, oh my if, God, that's a, you, you remember. Yeah, 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 you do remember. Yeah. So go back in that episode. Mm-hmm. But the idea was this, if you, um, he, when bonds were something that everybody aspired to having, right. Cause that every, your just values were going up. He said, what you do is you, you'd have one that would mature this year, one that would mature that year and next year, year after year. And they were just kind of rolling maturities. And so I never really got to that stage where I was buying bonds. And right now I'm happy I didn't. But, um, what we did though, was we did the inverse of that. We'd created a mortgage ladder so that our mortgages wouldn't ever, re- they wouldn't all mature at the same time. Mm-hmm. So year after year after year after year. So we'll see if that works. Maybe in a couple of years, next ep- next podcast, we'll see if that's a good strategy. So that's what we're trying. Hopefully, I think helps. it will be fine because, I mean, r- rates can only stay high if inflation stays higher than the rates. I mean, we can play this game a little bit right. where they have rates higher than the rate of inflation, but you can't, when rates are higher than the rate of inflation, that would imply that the debt is growing at a faster rate than the economy. You're saying, but you're talking about the government's debt? All, all, all debt. debt, like just global debt. Yeah. And it hits different countries and different people at different times because maybe I'm on variable, it's hitting me harder right now, Anthony, you're on fixed. So it's not even, we're both here in Canada in the yeah. same environment, but it's hitting us all differently. Right. But if you roll all the global debt together, it's still between 3.5 and 4 to 1. So for every, you know, $4 of debt, there's a dollar of GDP. Now, if the debt has a high interest rate on it and there's $4 of debt to every dollar of GDP, that debt globally all around the world is growing at a really fast pace. If the GDP doesn't grow or said differently, inflate right. at, a, at a, a really similar rate or ideally a faster rate in these central bankers' minds, mm-hmm. they're in trouble because what's going to happen is not only will the debt grow faster than the economy, and that's when you get into a debt spiral, but there's not enough free dollars in the economy to pay, the, to pay for to pay the, the debt. Yeah. The whole Ponzi collapses mm-hmm. on itself. So th- when you hear some people say, well, this is just math that they have to inflate, it really just is. So if they're going to keep rates higher for longer, well, then you better get UBI, UBI out. You know, you better start mailing people checks, more climate refund checks or whatever those checks are. I don't know if you're getting, yeah, those, we're getting che- those. those yeah. climate refund. Che- there better be more flying money out there to get inflation. Because if there's not, rates have to come down. This is not something where a lot of people in the real estate community kind of say, well, no, it's good that rates stay high. It'll bring property prices down. Sure, that might be true that it would bring property prices down, mm-hmm. but it's just not able to happen. So, so what about this scenario? They keep rates high, so a lot of us are suffering. And at the same time, they inject the economy with more money supply. Sure. They further destroy the value of our dollar. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. That's I can see it. Setup. It's a horrible setup. And then they would try to re- raise rates more beyond what they were already right. at to try to settle the inflation. And the response to that then would be even more, more liquidity, liquidity or more inflation. Like the whole thing has unfortunately reached Ponzi level where it can't work too well anymore. Like we're, at, we're just too out of whack. The debt to GDP ratios are just too out of whack that there's no real easy way out of this. I think what we could do is inflate really hard for two or three years. 
and hope it doesn't go out of control. So inflate at like, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70% inflation. And then if you inflate the economy at that pace for two or three years, then the GDP to the debt will be in a better ratio because you've inflated the economy up. It'll be all artificial growth. The devaluation of the dollar asset owners will win in that environment. Yeah. But at least then there's a big enough economy that if you held rates a bit higher, the economy is big enough in nominal terms to support the debt that still exists, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I could see an era of like just maybe two or three years of like government, you know, we're getting uh, CPI reports that inflation is X, but really it is much, much higher for a few years. And maybe that helps correct things. That's the whole financial repression play. So, um, but even in that environment, asset owners are gonna win because incomes won't keep up to that but property prices will go higher. You know, rents go higher because nobody can buy. And rents will go demand. higher. It, 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 it's, it just devastates, it destroys the fabric of the society, but I can see yeah. that happening. Okay, so you, I, th I think you mentioned it, Mark, that there's another way, and you said Bitcoin, for example, mm -hmm. earlier, right? So when you're looking at all the assets that are gonna inflate and everything, every asset class, whatever it is, is denominated in dollars. So you measure its value by dollars, and everything's going crazy. So the prices are going up, but the value, the purchasing val purchasing value of the dollars that that asset's worth, it's buying less and less too. So I think that for me, when I, I understand that, and we do have some, we do have some properties, right? We do have other assets because that it works on for some things, but then to not have something that is not a financial asset or a dollar based asset i think there's a i think there's a risk in that there's just 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 being able to have something outside of the system I'm not and that's saying, what you're implying bitcoin is yeah and i'm not talking about avoiding taxes i'm not talking about doing anything dark you know, web i'm not talking about it. i'm just saying they're just different kinds of mechanisms right they're different types of assets mm -hmm. different types of characteristics it can't be manipulated you can't just make more of them at a whim because nobody controls Mm -hmm. Nobody yeah. controls it, right? So th that's so desirable in this world where you just described a scenario where everything's going to hell in a controlled basis, mm -hmm. where everything's inflating like crazy for three years, and that's a possible solution. Yeah. Well, man, you know, if that's it, and it might be the it might be the answer to keep it running because from what I've heard and what I've read, part of this thing is not about fixing because they can't fix it when you're four to one leave, right? It's not about fixing, it's about keeping the runway going. Yeah. So what, whatever we can do to be maybe run in parallel, that it's outside of it, that can't be manipulated, there's something incredibly attractive oh. about that. The, uh, you've read, uh, read read a lot of Jim Rickard's books. He yep. had this one book that um, I forget which book he read. Uh, he describes the situation in it when if there's a big financial crisis, they'll just freeze the system. I think he called it like he referred to it as Ice Nine or it, something yeah. like that. Um, and the biggest shot across the you know, I guess the biggest revelation to me of that how close we are to that was when the UK gilt market in the fall. And I know you guys have heard me say oh, yeah. this before, but when oh, yeah. the UK gilt market, which is their bond market almost blew a gasket overnight overnight like and wake i think up it was blackrock right? whoever is the big management company that manages some of those big pensions with the uk gilt markets in it they basically told the bank of england listen we're going no bid there's no buyers for some of these things that we need to sell if you do not step in and buy these tonight not like tomorrow tonight we are going to sell 
all the pension funds assets to cash. And that one is when I just thought, oh my God, like when shit hits the fan, if you're a normal family and you have a bunch of stuff in the Canadian banks and the Canadian banks right now aren't eager to lend mortgages out. Like we, we, you know, we, we know some banks who are actively looking for deposits. We've been in this business a long time. I've never, I don't think they're on the verge of any sort of collapse by any means, but I can tell you the world's off when banks are look, cause you know how much money they make on mortgages, right. but when they're not actively pushing mortgages down all our throats and credit lines, instead they're looking for deposits. That tells you that their equity something to debt rate, something yeah. in there mm-hmm. is slightly out of whack. So in that environment, when they freeze everything in the UK, when they were gonna sell to cash, imagine they froze everything for five days. So imagine the Bank of England did not step in and they froze everything for five days. You couldn't get access to your pension funds. And during that five days to save the system, they devalued the currency or printed billions and trillions of new pounds. So but by the time you did get access to your pension funds, they were worth half of what you thought they were worth. Yeah, can not, you, can not you five ima- years from now, like yeah. you're saying. Could, for but imagine scenario. in five days, like that yeah. happened just this fall. And, and it hardly got any press, but to me it was like, wow. And that's what Bitcoin offers, Anthony, to your point, that you have something that's completely outside of the system where you can stand back and just watch the fireworks and, and go, geez. Thank God some of my net worth or some of my savings, whether it be five dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever it is, is out of that system entirely. That's what Bitcoin offers to some people that they don't realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that example, like your pensioner, you put 35, 40 years of service and then they sell you to cash. Can you imagine you being access. a bus driver for 35, 40 years living in the UK, you're retiring in Spain. And then all of a sudden the the value of it's crushed. And I don't know the probability of that happening in the next five years, but I know it's greater than zero to some people. And that's kind of the scary part of what, what, you know, of, of kind of where we're headed. Yeah. So, um, so guys, you need to fix all of this. You need to fix all of this with education to everybody as soon as you. Well, we, need, we need to start the conversation, right? Yeah, we yeah. need to start talking about it. And we were at the Canadian Bitcoin Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there, you were there, yeah. where you spoke. And and the big thing is like, there's a lot of smart people moving, working in this space. There's the developers, there's the money mm-hmm. moving in. But big thing was education, like especially well, for the next generation coming up current generation needs to understand what this is. That that conference made me realize that um, somebody at that conference, uh, I don't know if it was Luke Broyles or who said it, or one of the filmmakers maybe said that everybody in, at a conference like this is very data or centric or very analytical and you respond to that, but the general masses respond to emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so me. Like, I like to know the data. And when the data's off, I'm like, we're getting screwed. You know, like we gotta do this because we're getting screwed. Look at this data. Mm-hmm. But most people, respond to things emotionally. And I just thought, I, I should watch the way I communicate. And the, so I, I have to start using the word like and, theft and you're you being know, stolen from. You know, this you is know a that horrible Robin marketing too. Right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. But it just made, like, me, made right. me realize, it was just a reminder that I tend to sway towards data arguments. Right, you like some, that. It I gives, do, it, I appreciate it. It. It, makes it. it makes it more concrete and makes it more believable that it's not just some emotional thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair. But uh, so guys, if anyone's listening, so thank you for all of this. I feel like I can talk to you uh, forever about all this stuff. But uh, for someone listening to this who wants to reach out to you guys for their kids to do something or just reach out to you, can you share the URL or the best way that you guys would like people to reach out to you and know about what you're yeah, doing? You wrote it down there, right? I did, I did, I did, but fin, I want to hear, okay, I want to so, hear from you. Uh, go.finlit, go, go.finliteracy.ca, go.finliteracy.ca. Fin, sorry. It, fin go, no, it's a go.financial. 
Mark, help me. Go dot. We got this. We got this. Go dot fin literacy dot ca. Okay. I'm also on Instagram BTC for kids. Um, and my handle on Twitter is Mark Mulder. Anthony, you got a handle. So BTC for kids on Instagram, uh, BTC for BTC for for okay. Kids kids. on Instagram and Mark Mulder on, on Twitter. And then Um, guys on Anthony on Twitter. The guys on Anthony on Twitter. So we're going to link to all of this, everyone. If you're listening to this in the car, um, we will link to all of this. And the URL for the class, I'm going to repeat, it's go.finliteracy.ca. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Because if you're like me, I think I could barely spell literacy there. Yeah, and I can't Uh, read upside down. Yeah, go.finliteracy.ca. And there's going to be ongoing class. I do have an ask. Here's the thing. So what the thing that made it different for us and the biggest impact is... Um, talking or hearing someone tell us about their experience and what they've learned. And now us doing that with our people that we care for, first our families, then our neighbors and our friends, now ideally more and more of your kids. But for this to get out, meaning like for the options that are available to get out to more and more people, the people who have started to figure out these other ways of doing things, figure it out about Bitcoin, figure it out about other assets. We have to actually get out of a, a bit of our comfort zone and learn to share it with others that care. And so we're trying to do something. Uh, some of you have taken, some of your kids have taken the course, share it with your friends and family so that the word gets out because we do need to do something. Other people are doing a whole lot of things that are hurting us financially. We need to do the best we can for ourselves and those we care about by sharing the word about what's going on and what possibilities we can do to protect ourselves. So share about Bitcoin, share about our program. That's, awesome. That's what I like to say. Yeah, no, that's great, Anthony. And if you're listening to this, to just make it easy, if you can't keep track of these URLs, if you just email members at rockstarbrokerage.com, we'll send you the link too. So if you have an email address for us, just email us and we'll make sure that you, uh, you get the appropriate links and connect with these guys. So, Mark, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that you came in and sat down and did this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah, and Anthony, thank you so much. Really yeah. appreciate no, this. Great. This is a great journey. I can't, to, I can't wait to see where this, this leads. Thanks yeah. for the support. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. Great, great things cool. ahead. Great and things ahead. Thanks for showing with us. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Anthony DeGazon and Mark Mulder. You can find out more about the program that they are putting together by visiting Go dot finliteracy.ca that's go dot finliteracy.ca if you have trouble getting to that url or can't reach them for any reason please email us at members at rockstarbrokerage.com and we will put you in touch with them that's it for this episode until next time your life your terms